And there's this conversation around the feminization of men today. And it's a real thing. And it's not just happening in men, it's happening in women too, in a lot of senses. But we'll talk about men first. So with men, you have to understand that they're not only getting in all processed foods, because all processed foods are going to have some form of soybean oil. Even if you're eating meat, they will add like some form of soybean meat in there, etc. Yeah, you see what I'm saying? So you're getting that in the diet, but also there's a lot of these what are called endocrine disruptors, which are like fake estrogen. What's going on, everybody? It's your boy, Rico Hundo, and we back at it at 8 at the table. And I want to say thank you for tapping in. Also, thank you for those that have been liking, supporting, and subscribing to our channel. And if you purchase some merch, you get a special thank you from your boy. Now, listen, there's a lot of guys out here who are struggling to get what they want. And it could be because of your physical appearance. You might not just be in that shape that you think that you really are. I got the perfect guy that's going to talk about it. It's my homeboy right here called Dr. Holistic. He keep keeping me on my toes. You know what I'm saying? He sent me some fruit from the Miami, from iHeartFruit yep. box, right? Indeed. Located in Miami? Yes, indeed. Listen, man, you go ahead and do the introduction because I already know who you are. You got to know who you are. Yeah, so um, background is I'm a pharmacist turned herbalist. Um, mm. I got mm. interested in healthcare because my grandmother, all my grandparents died by the time I was in 10th grade. Damn. And when my grandmother died, just inspired me to say, all right, I got to take care of my family. I got to take care of myself. And uh, graduate, start working in the hospital as a clinical pharmacist. But then I remember I got diagnosed with high blood pressure when I was 16. Damn. And so I was living with high blood pressure for like a decade. Wow. And um, get in the hospital, start eating hospital food, start gaining hospital weight. <laughs> and uh, before I knew it, I'm like 245, 250, and I got sleep apnea, and I got high blood pressure. And so that whole journey of wanting to heal people, I needed to heal myself first. And so I essentially went on this journey to heal myself, ended up out of desperation trying a plant-based lifestyle, <laughs> lost 50 pounds, wow. and um, resolved and healed the sleep, sleep apnea and the high blood pressure. And that was the point where it was like, you know, I had to throw everything I learned away, you know, um, wow. four, de four degrees, um, a turn of clinical work and experience, and now I'm going back to nature. So that's how I ended up in this seat that we're at now. Yeah, I wish Erin was here to hear that because she's so, and, and like my thing is like, there's so much that you can learn, right, through your experiences and knowledge that's out there that is not taught in a book. You know what I'm saying? And too many people I feel live and die by it, which doesn't which really closes your mind to really being able to push your boundaries. And I think that's dope. You know, you you've went one route, then you went the other route and you've really found a balance and now you're out here, you know, you educating me. I know you're educating a lot of other people, so we definitely appreciate you. Yeah, yeah. We need you to educate these fellas. Yeah, yeah, indeed. You know, on the And women. And and women. Yeah. Overall everybody, you yeah, know. Yeah. Because um, some of these women definitely could use some diet tips, too. Yeah, yeah. Right? <laughs> and and it ain't even just about diet. It's about this whole being. Because this whole being requires so much. Yeah. And the cool thing is, like, really much of it is all natural. It's just habits. Um, it's mentality. But we've gone so far away from that natural and innate mentality that we used to have that we're just living a life that essentially ends in destruction of our body. So 
you know, it's just not diet, bro. It's just not exercise. It's it's everything. And um, so, yeah, I'm hoping today we'll get into some conversation. A little, not only be about, you know, how do you eat healthier, but what does that mean when you eat healthier? What does that give you? What is the consequence of that? You know, like, so let's say I'm a guy and maybe I'm not overweight. So here's one of my pet peeves, body shapes Okay, on, on men. <laughs> I hate a skinny fat dude because it don't make sense to me. Okay, I get what you mean. You're like, how are you skinny and fat? <laughs> right. You know what I'm saying? And I think they need the most help, <laughs> right? Because like you're stuck in no man's land. Yeah, yeah. Um, what I've typically seen, and this is not all the time, but you know, they typically have poor diets or they're really heavy drinkers. Yep. So like drinking definitely does affect the body in a different type of way. Right. Yeah, so absolutely. Yeah. So, I mean, the first part is always going to be nutrition, mm -hmm. um, because, and the, re the, the reason why that's so important is, but the skinny fat dude you're talking about, <laughs> the skinny legs, and then the big abdomen that's yeah, laughing over his belt. Little arms. Yes, yes. And her chest. Yeah. So what that is an indication of is a really horrible diet. And so the legs are telling you what you should look like. <laughs> right or wrong? Wait, time out. Is it my legs lying to me? I was just saying, the legs, the legs usually tell the truth. Okay. But what's happening is you're eating food that is so unhealthy and so disagreeable with your body, it can't be processed out. So the food is literally going into the body and just stopping here. You see <laughs> what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Exa exactly. And the implications of that is what they don't understand. <laughs> like that's diabetes, okay? Yeah. That's also impotence and erectile dysfunction. What's impotence? You have to well, when you can't get it up. Oh, okay. I mean, because you got to think, you got this belly that is literally sitting on top of your reproductive organs, okay? You probably got 10 to 25 pounds of undigested food rotting and fermenting in your gut, leaking out onto those reproductive organs. So it makes sense why a lot of men don't have that natural blood flow in that area, because that's exactly what a medication like Viagra does. The only thing it does is increase blood flow to the area. That's it? That's it. It's like it's a lack of blood flow. So that's also an indication that you're going to have issues with your heart as well. You see what I'm saying? Yep. If you don't have proper blood flow, you're going to have heart issues. Hmm. You know what I'm saying? So it, it, it's, it's the food that is an issue, but it's also the alcohol too. Because alcohol goes directly into the bloodstream and goes directly to the liver. And the more you drink it, it is a toxin. That's why they, they say when you get drunk, you are intoxicated. You see what I'm saying? So you're damaging your liver. And then uh, even if, let's say you're not a hard liquor drinker, you drink beer. Well, beer has a lot of estrogen in it, the hops. That's why Alan's been more so on the women's side lately. <laughs> okay, I get it. It makes sense. But you see what I'm saying? <laughs> and, and so it's really important for men to know, like, like the, a lot of the like paradigms and things that we think about when we think about what it means to be manly, like, the way that we're eating, like, it's making us very unmanly. I, first of all, I agree. Hold on. So beer has estrogen in it. Yes. the, the plant produces? That it, yeah, the plant that it comes from, uh -huh. it produces estrogen in the body. Yeah. So. But aren't, aren't there a lot of other foods that also have, um, like, estrogen, like soy and things that people consume all the time? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. People aren't even aware of. And soy. Soy is in virtually all processed foods. Right, now. that's what I was going to say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, 
I mean, when you start to think about it, you know, um, there's this conversation around the feminization of men today. Yeah. And it's a real thing. Like to, And it's not just happening in men. It's happening in women, too, in a lot of senses. But we'll talk about men first. So with men, you have to understand that they're not only getting in all processed foods because all processed foods are going to have some form of soybean oil, some form of, even if you're eating meat, they will add like some form of soybean meat in there, et cetera. Yeah, you see what I'm saying? So you're getting that in a diet, but also there's a lot of these what are called endocrine disruptors, which are like fake estrogen and plastic bottles and plastic wrappings on uh, most of the food is sold in plastics. Yeah. Um, you know, most of the products that we use, they have things that are called phthalates, um, parabens, et cetera. All these things turn into fake estrogen in the body. You see what I'm saying? And what that does is now you got a man who has this estrogen dominating in the body. Yeah. And when that happens is you start to see the effects of it because most people don't understand. Hormones tell us what not only our bodies what to do, but it could tell us what to look like, feel like. So ultimately, when you see a man who, who has issues with low testosterone, right? You're going to start to see balding, uh, erectile dysfunction. You're going to start to see him lose muscle mass. So inability to build muscle too. Wow. Okay. Wait. Damn, this is crazy. I'm not going to lie. This is mind-blowing. Yeah. So... Balding is a sign of lower testosterone levels. Yeah, it could be a sign of low testosterone, 100%. Wow. Now, heredity sometimes plays a part, Yeah, but now we're seeing so many men with issues with, you know, losing their hair. And not just hair on their head, like body hair, too. You see what I'm saying? So, yeah. Damn, so I ain't going to lie, just being honest <laughs> with you. I just thought it was stress. <laughs> but, like, one day I woke up. Like last two years, or maybe two years ago, and I lost all the hair on my calves. Yeah, I was like, "Damn, what's going on?" Like, but everybody's like, "Oh, you're getting thirty. You're, you're touching thirty. You're about to be thirty again." Oh, yeah. I'm like, "Nah, bro, this is weird." Yeah, I think I need a soy-free diet. Yeah, and the other the other thing that's really important, and I brought this up before, but since the 1980s, the testosterone in men has been decreasing at a rate of one percent every year. So you you think about that at least something no at least forty percent, right bro, since nineteen eighty. Oh wow! So yeah. like in nineteen eighty, the average testosterone was five hundred. In the nineteen nineties, it was four twenty five. In the early two thousands, it was like three twenty five. Now you we're seeing. I I literally heard this yesterday. Somebody was, you know, uh, telling me about somebody that their son had a testosterone eighty five. And it's really important to understand that that's not only going to change, that's going to change how you look too, bro. Like gynecomastia is the development of man boobs. Yep. And even then, <clears throat> in science. I don't think I got it, but. Um, is, is that really U.S. statistics? Huh? What's that? Is that really like more so U.S. statistics? Because like, you know, in Europe, the, the guidelines are so much more strict. In what yes, yes. Because um, for the vast majority American food is banned in Europe. Yeah. Right. So the fence is like, you get certain food companies here, if they decide to sell their food in Europe, they have to change the ingredients. Right. So if you look at that same product in Europe versus here, the ingredients are going to be totally different. That's why you have a Mexican Coke, Coca-Cola. Yeah. The ingredients, they won't allow high fructose corn syrup in their country. Right. So yeah, it's, 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 it's totally different. 
And so as a result, like a lot of men are not only losing their manhood, but they're also losing their ability to reproduce too. Because infertility is big now, because that's another common effect of low testosterone, low sperm count. You see what I'm saying? So like, it's a real big issue. And even in science, because uh, pesticides are another issue, because if you're eating processed food, you're eating pesticides. Mm-hmm. And the second most prevalent pesticide is atrazine, okay? Now, you probably heard the study where, you know, this, this frog was converted oh, yeah. into a- tadpoles in California. You know, it, it, the, what, the, what comes out in the means is the frog was made to be gay. No, the fraud, the male fraud was converted into a female fraud. Yeah, he had developed um, women. He had both reproductive organs, the women and, and the, the men. The men parts were disappearing. Yep. Okay? Yeah. And this is atrazine. And his personality was changing yes. from being the one that was in front to be the one that was in yeah, the back. Yeah, yeah, And that's the second most common pesticide in the U.S., which is atrazine, which is banned in Europe. And in that study, they said that three times the amount that it would take to affect a human, they are actually using three times that amount of pesticides on our agriculture, which actually hosts eighty percent of the of the United States. Yep. And what? So they use two hundred nanograms per deciliter to, to convert this frog into a female frog. What would you guess the 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 limit is in America's drinking water? Hmm. Just guess. So two hundred. What would you guess? A thousand. Three thousand. That's the that's the, the limit that they're cool with with being in American drinking water. So wait, so two hundred, so it's about what, sixty times? No, six times? Yeah, so wow. just imagine that, bro. Like that's allowed in the drinking water. Like drinking water as in what? Like bottled water or the water that you get that comes out of your tap. Mm. You cook with basically, yes. Can now, and my question is too if you're washing your body with let's say you don't consume it, but you wash your body, it still can, yes, get into your, yes, into your pores. Yes, you got to understand, like, even when patients would come in a hospital and let's say they had an issue where they couldn't swallow anything, we would put like a fentanyl patch on them to help them get rid of the pain. So, whatever you put on their skin, your body is absorbing it. Wow, so if it's having that impact on men yeah what's happening with women same thing with women so with women the issue becomes the estrogen dominance in the body and when you have estrogen dominance or high levels of estrogen in the body the issue you're going to have is breast cancer uterine cancer you're also going to have fibroids picos okay you're also going to have a lot of issues around having a very painful uh, menses you're going to have a longer menstrual cycle which most women are having and this is really key you're going to start to see young girls have earlier menses. So now we're seeing young girls who are having a menses at nine. What? Whereas if you go back to like the 1800s, 14. it was like 14, 16. They would have their first period. Nine years old? Yes. And every whenever you, the earlier your menses is, it increases your risk for breast cancer. It increases your risk for all reproductive cancers for women. Okay. And the other thing that's really key and, and really important about this is that the more estrogen you have in your body, it causes the woman to become androgenized. And what that means is it will make her more masculine. So just think about that for a second. We're seeing men become more feminine, okay? Seeing women become more masculine, masculine okay? 
And all of this ties back to food. You know, I'm see, I say stuff like this all the time for a long time. People be like, oh, you're a conspiracist. I'm like, no, I'm not. It just makes sense that like when you just look at everything, right? Usually whenever you see a new trending diet, yeah. we're seeing an influx in some new type of behavior. Yep. And and that's one thing that I've picked up. And so that's how like I got into the studies of the the frog thing because yeah, I, I was trying you. to figure out like what's going on because the percentile of homosexuality obviously there were different variables but yeah. the percentile of homosexuality was like one to two percent in the 90s yeah and now we're at one in four so you can't tell me that there was 24 percent of people in the closet yeah there was that doesn't make sense the new the numerics don't add up so then i started looking for possible ways and i'm like well we had the whole frog thing where you know that was based on our agriculture yeah. then we have trending diets such as vegan and vegetarian diets yeah. and it's like well now you're pumping all of this Wow, man. And then when you start to think, so like, it, I want to go back to like the whole hormone conversation because these are both natural hormones in our body and they tell us what to look like, mm -hmm. what to develop in terms of our reproductive organs. Like the deepness of our voice, the, the, the sweetness of our voice, it tells us all those things. So when you switch the hormones, you're switching the person. So it makes sense why so many children even are having what I would refer to as body dysmorphia. Right. And body dysmorphia is essentially, you know, when you have an issue with your body parts. You understand? Yeah. And what I mean by that is you will clinically see people who believe that they should have not have an arm. Wait. And there's been cases where people have body dysmorphia where they literally go get amputated just to solve that sort of urge because they have that body dysmorphia. Wait. So imagine if you can have a person with that condition and then you switch their hormones around like such, it makes sense why so many, you know, children are now having issues with, you know, what their identity is. I mean, you add that on top of all the conversation that is in so social media, it makes sense why so many people are confused. Yeah, so somebody can really convince themselves that they don't, they shouldn't have had an arm? Yeah, and they, I mean, there's cases where Literal physicians will assist them in the process, and they go of through rid of the arm? and get an amputation. Yes, which is insane. Yes, they're licensed. To yep. Be Why? Because you can't reconcile it. You know, like people don't understand how perception is like vital in how you see yourself in the yeah. outside world. So if you really, truly, your perception that it doesn't belong there, everybody can say no, 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 no. It's fine. If you can't reconcile it in your mind, then it doesn't make sense. Right. The fact yeah. that you find somebody to do that. Yeah. Yeah. So what what can we really do about this in terms of we live here in the United States, right? We consume the food, we drink the water. Um, like what can we do to reduce our risk? Yeah. Well, well let me start with this. You know, like so I worked for the FDA for a little while as a graduate student and uh part of that whole like excitement to be able to do that was to learn more about the Food and Drug Administration because they are responsible for what foods that we put out there in the world, what drugs are going out there in the world. And I'll tell you that leaving there, it was very disappointing for me because, you know, there was a program that I was a part of and uh, that program was to take calls from people and say, hey, this drug abused you or the side effect was caused by this drug, but it, it was nothing being done about it, okay? 
And the reason why I'm telling you that story is because like, it's so important for us to understand how important we have to empower ourselves and not wait for governmental agencies, our doctors or anybody to tell us what we need to do next, because the direction that we're heading into, it is not a good direction. Mm -hmm. And so after leaving the hospital, I, I, I moved to Japan for like four years. And the reason why I moved there was because they had the largest population of people who are called centenarians, people who live to 100. Now, this is despite the fact that the island is probably, I don't know, about 50 miles long and about, you know, 20 miles wide with a population of less than a million. And they have the largest population of people who live to 100, okay, for the last couple of decades. So I moved there and working in the hospital, but also doing research on these people who live in a village called Ogami and watching them over the course of four years and having conversations with them, it made sense why they were able to live that long. And it reminded me of my great-grandmother, not my grandmother who died at 67. My great-grandmother lived to 105, okay? Her daughter died at 67. Mm -hmm. And I remember when my grandmother died, her mother, my great-grandmother, walking into the funeral, and I'm thinking to myself, like, why didn't she live to 105? And my grandmother literally walked in, was transparent. I mean, like, so when I'm, I moved to Okinawa, Japan, and I'm studying these people who are 100, 102, 97, who are riding bikes, walking up hills, gardening, the first thing I thought about was my great-grandmother. And I'm noticing that 97% of their diet is plant-based, real food. They exercise. They have community where they, you know, like support each other or responsible each, to each other. They drink herbal teas. They eat superfoods. And so at that point, it was like, oh, it's, medicine isn't the way. Light bulb came. Light bulb came because it was like, you know, my undergraduate degrees are in exercise physiology and chemistry. And then I have a doctorate of pharmacy. So I know chemistry. Mm -hmm. But the thing I figured out was I was on the wrong side of chemistry. <laughs> I was on the inorganic yeah. side of the man-made side of chemistry. Yep. I wasn't on the biochemistry side of like the living side of chemistry, which is food, herbs, and et cetera. Mm -hmm. And so it was that point, it was like, all right, so. And I didn't even know if I wanted to come back to the States. So that was, yeah, yeah. That was when Trump was in office. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, you know, like every day I'm looking on the TV, like out of the country, and I'm seeing like another black person get shot and nothing being done. Wow. So I'm like, not even sure I want to come back. But now I feel loaded with all this new information and I, I'm healed. There's a sense of responsibility. There's such a sense of responsibility. And I miss black women. Like, oh my God, I miss black women. <laughs> said, oh my God. I miss black women so bad. So I come back. Japan <laughs> was a kind of. Shout out to black women. <laughs> different. Uh, but I come back, uh, write a book called Vegetation Over Medication. And honestly, I did not expect for it to do well. Because like when I left and I was trying to preach this message to people, I would do an event for a room of 504 people would show up. And so when I come back, I'm like, I don't know how this book going to do, but I'm going to write the book. And uh, I remember I started off with a, a book signing and it sold out. And then I, I put the book on Amazon and it became a bestseller. And um, that was the point I was like, there's been a shift. Right. I was just early. And so the answer to your question is, is that 
how our solution is the solution that has always been there. You know, like the FDA was invented in 1906. So that's when drugs came into play. But you can go as far back as 10,000 years and you'll see that there's human history using herbs oh, and yeah. food as medicine. Right. So there's over 10,000 years of clinical data. There's over 10,000 years of observational and anecdotal data that shows us that this works. And so the answer is you have to reconnect and get back to nature. Because most of the food that we're seeing in the grocery stores is not real food. Yeah. 90, 80 to 90% of the grocery store is products, it's not food. It's only that produce section, which is a small, one of the smallest sections of the yeah. store that is actually real food that our bodies can recognize, it can utilize, it can absorb, it can break down, and then eliminate. And most of the food that people are buying are in box bag, cans, jars, with thickening agents, emulsifiers, preservatives, Things that you have no idea how, not only how to pronounce, right. but you don't even know what it is. And being a chemist, I understand exactly what it is, so I understand why people are so sick. I owe myself a sincere apology, Rico. Listen, bro, I've not treated you the best. <laughs> I've consumed some real crazy stuff. Um, yeah, so I love that right there, bro, because I think that's where everybody has to start. It has to start from the self-care, self-love perspective where you start to have this inner conversation with yourself about what you've been doing to you and not what they've been putting in the grocery stores and not what your doctor did. Like, you have to start with yourself because, man, when I tell you, like, your mentality is what's going to heal you, it doesn't matter if it's with a physical ailment, uh, past trauma, a relationship. It's always here that's going to heal you first. Weird. Yeah. So I have a question. Um, now, we're, we're going to get into the fruit because, by the way, I'm going to say I got the fruit box and I was like, yo, this is dope. And I already told you when I first, first ran into you how I've been already on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, so my question was, have you um, had any um, experiences where you use herbs, fruits, or any type of nature to heal anybody and what, you know, what might that story be? So now that you've, you know, I don't want to say transition, I'm going to say adopted another form of, you know, healing and curing people um, with, you know, our nature and natural resources, yeah. what are some cases that you have had? Oh, yeah, yeah. Man, so I do, I do like a group detox like three to four times a year. Okay. And so, like, one of my primary products is my herbal detox. I do a full body detox. And I just simply took the knowledge I had from, like, being a pharmacist to the knowledge I now have as being a master herbalist and put them together, right? And um, created this group detox where we had, like, 250, 300 people in there. And I get to see the transformation over the course of 30 days. And the beautiful thing is, you get to see what happens when somebody's body is clean because that's the most important thing. Like our bodies are literally designed to heal themselves. It's a self-healing mechanism. Mm -hmm. But because it's so intoxicated, because it's so saturated, and especially those organs that are there to actually heal and repair you, it can't do it. Mm -hmm. And so um, we've had people who had, had a lady in my group she convinced her mom to do it, and um, 
while you're doing the detox, you're eating completely plant-based. She had been a type 1 diabetic for over a de decade. Her doctor not only took off, off of the insulin, but he took off all the high blood pressure medication. And she was at a point where she couldn't even speak anymore. So, like, she couldn't even talk with her mom because her blood sugars were so high. And she was able to speak. And I spoke here in New York last year, and her and her mom showed up at the event. And so those are the type of, like, things I see a lot of times is that I've seen women who had issues with PCOS, uh, which is polycystic ovarian syndrome, uh, resolve those conditions, which could be really horrible for a woman. Uh, a lot of women who have long menstrual cycles, like eight and 10 day menstrual cycles, cut that down to three or four days uh, and also reduce all the pain. Like some of them don't even know their period is coming because the indications that the period was coming was the pain and the back pain and things of that. And so have seen that. And so just have seen like a, a variety of things like that. So um, for the fellas out there who have, you know, girls who are not on, you know, play, um, I said plan B. Wow. Birth control? <laughs> <laughs> Birth control. <Yeah. laughs> what are some of the things that can slow this? Because, you know, back in high school, we used to have a thing. We were like, yo, we don't date weakers. What is that, bro? That A weaker was a girl who had their period for a week. Ah. It was a week too long. <laughs> so, like, you know, she her period was three or four or five days. It's like, this is perfect because we don't have to wait a whole week to have gotcha, sex. Gotcha. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so what are some of the things that, you know, women could use and utilize to kind of bring that seven to 10 day cycle down to three or four? Well, uh, like I said, my full body detox. And that's an important conversation that a lot of people don't have because, I mean, you have, you, I work with a lot of women. You have a lot of women who have like 10, 13 day periods. And nobody talks about the implications of where that leads to men. Like, nobody talks about, like, how much yeah. discipline how yeah. you're asking him to be. Nobody talks about, like, and women, I found, don't communicate that with each other either. Like, really? they don't talk about their fibroids or their hysterectomy or their long periods. I mean, I've I've done groups where we were focusing on fibroids or something like that. And a lot of women are wowed by it. And I don't have those reproductive organs, but when I start to hear them have conversations, they're having these conversations for first time because mm. you know when you have that issue for a lot of women you know a lot of the value is attached to the ability to have sex to reproduce etc and so i always tell women a you got to get rid of all of those foods that are causing the estrogen to go up all the plastics uh even sunscreen sunscreen has a compound in it called oxybenzone and that oxybenzone is an endocrine disruptor that raises your insulin. Um, I talked about a lot of hair care and cosmetic products have phthalates and parabens in them. It may be uh, methylparaben, it may be butylparaben, propylparaben, but these are compounds that increase estrogen. You increase estrogen, you're going to have a painful period, you're going to have a long period, and you're going to ha eventually have issues possibly with fibroids as well. And so getting rid of those, exercising. And a big issue is 75% uh, of the American population is either overweight or obese. And it's even worse in the African-American women population. Wow. And with that being said, the reason why it's so important, and this isn't like body shaming, but it's important to know that fat hat is not like this benign tissue. Fat is a living tissue. And one of the things that fat does is it creates an enzyme called aromatase. 
aromatase produces more insulin in the body. I mean, not more insulin, but more estrogen in the body. And the more estrogen goes up, you're going to have issues with your, your period. It also steals away your vitamin D, which is also an issue in our community as well. So you mean to tell me, and that makes sense because I see a lot of overweight men that act like women, and it's because of their fat is producing more estrogen. Yeah, it does. It's true. Yeah, so, so fat creates the enzyme aromatase, and the aromatase will aromatize your testosterone into, it will convert your testosterone into estrogen. Holy, I'm about to be on it. <laughs> I mean, so <laughs> first, this is great, by the way. Like, I, I know you see me staring, it's like, because I'm really absorbing, and I want to say I definitely appreciate you. I like good, good information. This is good. great information. Good, good, good. So now, my other question that I had was, I'm not gonna lie, I did forget it. But we're just gonna we're just gonna we're just gonna rock off. Cause I got I got still so thinking many, about the the answer. I, yeah, no, I was yeah, I was paying because it was in the middle of it. No, I just like what are the barriers that like let's talk like in terms of um being realistic with the community. Yeah. Right. Um whenever we talk about access to organic foods and, yeah. and things that people need to do. But what are barriers that we can realistically overcome, right? Mm -hmm. So that people can access actual really good food yeah. and reduce their reduce the toxics that they're taking in. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, there's huge barriers, especially in our community, the black and brown community. And uh, one of those is access to healthy food. Right. But what I will tell you is that there's always a light in the darkness. Every neighborhood I've gone into, even like Brooklyn, like I lived in Bed-Stuy for a while. You go to Brooklyn, there are fruit markets that you can go to and get nice fruit. So there's, especially today, not after the whole what the hell explosion and that's- Are they good fruit, right? But how do you know what's the good, like I've seen like like things on Instagram, like, hey, like, you know, barcode checking, if yeah, they have yeah, like yeah. certain- So one of the things is, is with fruit, it doesn't have a label, but it has a PLU code. P-O-U? P-L-U. P-L-U. And that's an identifier. It tells you if it's, uh, let's say, for instance, if it's a three or four, then it's most likely grown conventional, which means that it's probably been sprayed and possibly genetically modified. If it's six, it's right in the middle. middle. It could be either one. Halfway then, organic, halfway yeah. not. <laughs> yeah. And then if it's nine, it means it's organic. Okay? So that's one identifier that you can go by. Go by those numbers. The other thing I'll tell you is, as you mentioned before, and I'm sure we're going to get into, is that now, you know, I, that's one of the reasons I bought a farm, was to be able to give people the opportunity to get tropical fruit from a tropical environment. And so I have a, a nine-acre farm in uh, Miami, and we grow nothing but tropical seeded seasonal fruit. So you can get sarsap, you can get, you know, mame, you can get sugar apple, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. What's it called? Cacao. 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 And so that's one thing that you can do to cross the barriers is support a black business like myself. You can go to iHeart. Name of the business. iHeartFruitBox.com. Yeah. Uh, so that's one way. The other thing I'll say, and this is really important in our community, black and brown, Latino, is that when you see a neighborhood grocery store not providing what you want, tell them I'm not going to support you with my money if you don't get this in. And you need to come together to do that because here's the thing. They can buy what they want to buy, but if you don't buy it, it doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. And so we literally have to unite 
and get them to start bringing this health, health, healthy food in the in the community as well. And we need to do that in so many di- so many areas, but that's one way we could do it. The other thing that I find very important is people just need to learn how to make food for themselves. And a lot of people have just lost that art of making food for yourself. But I always tell people, when you make food, it's, it, like for me, it's like an act of self-love. Like when you chop it up and when you cook it up, like it's an act of self-love. You feel like, damn, I made this for me. You're taking pictures, you're sharing it on the gram, you're sharing it on you. Like it's just an act of self and you feel good about it. And I think that's one of the things that we have to do. We have to get back to making our own food so we can feel more more happy about doing something healthy for ourselves because we just don't do it enough. A question that I have is, how connected is a healthy diet to a healthy relationship? Super connected because when you start to think about, I'll, I'll give you a few instances. Oh, man. Right, so um, <laughs> one of the issues, one of the top two issues in a relationship is finances. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then sex. Okay. So let's start with finances. One of the things that you're always hearing about a lot of men is they're not motivated, they're not assertive, they don't set goals, et cetera, et cetera. When you have low testosterone, it literally lowers your assertiveness, it lowers your motivation. So you don't have the motivation to go to the, the gym. You don't have the motivation to say, I want to do this extra work to move up in the company or start this business. So that's one aspect of it. But even sex drive, it even affects that too. And not just with men, but with women too. So you'll have a men. There's, there's a lot of cases where it's not the guys that is the problem. The but problem. the woman will mask it as, I just don't want to have sex. But she doesn't even have the libido or drive to have sex because the estrogen is so high in her body. So like, potentially, not all, we can say that some of the women that say that maybe, you know, at a point like they were just not turned on by their relationship and they needed to spice it up was really they needed to tighten up their diet or whatever that they were, you know, consuming, whether it be makeup, even, you know, like things that they were putting in their body because that was potentially prohibiting their sex drive? Yeah, I mean, I've I've even had, like, you know, couples consultations where, like, they got very honest and the times that she was saying no is because her period was still on. But she was afraid to tell him, like, because she just told him last week it was on. Oh. And it's still on the next week. That's that's it. You see what I'm saying? And so, like, for her, it's like, I got to tell him my period is still on. He's not going to believe that. Mm-hmm. You understand? So, like, it's a lot of conversation not being had, but a lot of the conversation, a lot of the issues could be solved with eating properly. And I always say this, and this is so important for me, because this is what I personally believe. My personal philosophy is that the highest version of you is the healthier version of you. You know, I believe we come down here as spirits, but, but before we do, I believe that we select, I'm going to be black, I'm going to be 6'2", I'm going to weigh 225 pounds, I'm going to attract these type of people around me, I'm going to have these type of experience, I've selected these parents. I believe we do all of that before we come down here. And I also believe that in that experience, all of our abundance is attached to the healthiest version of ourselves. Because when you can't see properly, when you don't, you have an unhealthy gut, which is where your intuition comes from. When you have high blood pressure, when you have diabetes, when you're constantly having headaches, when you're sluggish and fatigued, there's no way you can get any sixth sense about anything. 
And so you don't hear opportunities knocking when they're supposed to. Yeah. The man, the man of your life or the woman of your life may be right there, but you can't, you can't be intuitive about, or conscious about any of that. Damn, that makes a lot. Of, that's probably a lot of problems that we're having today. We yeah. talk about. I mean, we talk about it all the time that people not being able to pick the right partner. Yeah. Well, realistically, you're not your healthiest, highest self to even be able to identify it. Well, that makes yeah. a lot of sense. They can't see you. Yeah, they can see me. They can see <laughs> me, my you, boy. <laughs> I'm bright. <laughs> so I have a question, right? It's a little bit of a uh, question, right? Whatever that sound effect means. All right, cool. Is there a unhealthy benefit to running a red light? What? Because, like, I'm, I'm just asking for a friend. Okay. Like, if she's, you know, 10 day or... Okay. Oh, he <laughs> might run the red light. It's true. <laughs> like, um, unhealthy. Um, or am I safe? Well, or we, is what, he safe? What it always my friend. <laughs> well, it always depends on the man too, right? Mm -hmm. Because like a woman's menstruation, part of it is cleansing the womb, so it's a time for cleansing. It's a time for letting go, right? So. A penetration has is not part of a cleansing, pro especially if you have an unhealthy diet. You see what I'm saying? Like, I think all of those th those factors has has to be kind of considered or what have you. But if your woman has a long period like that, you and her need to get healthy together. Like that's how I always tell people because it is not normal to have a period. In my opinion, more than three days. And you know it's so funny. I I asked this back in high school in my sex ed class because we we're. I remember they were talking about irregular periods. Yeah. Right. Irregular menstrual cycles, and I'm like, has this always been a thing? Like you know, like were women always having irregular menstrual cycles for hundreds of thousands of years, or that we, yeah. you know, you know what I'm saying? I don't believe it, but yeah. Um, which makes sense because it ties directly with our consumption. Yep. Now here's the thing. I am a advocate and a lover of eating proteins okay. as in actual meats. Gotcha. Pause. Right? <laughs> like, <laughs> gotta say pause on that. Now, I see a lot of people that they're like, um, like even you mentioned that, well, you mentioned 90% plant-based, right? 97. 97. Yeah. Still too much, right? For me. Yeah. Now, my question is, um, are there benefits to eating, you know, those type of meats? What are some of the pros and cons that you've come across? Um, because somebody like me, I'm going to eat a steak. Gotcha. But I'm hearing a lot of things that I shouldn't, but I also hear things that, you know, you should. Right. So is there a balance? Like, what does that 3% really look like? Okay, so I don't have a 3%. Let me say that I've been uh, plant-based vegan uh, for 12 years. Let me say that. Um, what I will tell you is that when you look at the human constitution and you compare it to other animals, uh, our biology is set up for us to eat plants. Okay? What I mean by that is uh, when you look at animals, omnivores and carnivores, they all have fangs, teeth that say that I can, not really. <laughs> uh, they also, when they eat their meat, they cannot do their jaw side to side like that. But we can. Like plant eaters can do oh, that. They can only so go up and grind. down? 
Yeah, they can go only up and down. Uh, the other thing is when you look at meat eaters uh, in the animal kingdom, when you look at their digestive tract, it's like 7 to 10 feet. When you look at ours, it's like 30 to 35 feet. And all herbivores or plant eaters have longer digestive times because you want to get more of the... Got it. So biologically, we're not set up to eat like that. The other thing I'll tell you is that when you look in the animal kingdom and you think about the strongest animals out there, name a few, like two. Gorilla. Gorilla, definitely. A lion. Rhino. No. Rhino. A rhino. He just added up my own. His no, own I'm, I'm just saying. <laughs> a rhinos are strong too. Yeah. Damn, so, rhinos so are really strong. Rhino, ox, gorilla, um, bear, um, elephant. Those are the strongest animals. None of them eat meat. Yeah, but like, come on, bro. Who's scared of an elephant? Well, you're not scared of an elephant because they're not going <laughs> to eat you. <laughs> they might have a lot of estrogen. <laughs> <laughs> but the point of I'm scared of a rhino. <laughs> yeah. But the point of what I'm trying to make is is that we have this myth or idea that you need to eat meat to gain muscle. That's the only thing I'm trying Maybe. to show. I mean, I'm kind of in there. I'm not gonna lie. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> there's a lot of so like there's a lot of people like there's a lot of um. Um, Indian guys in my one of my gyms that I go to, yeah. and they're all vegetarian, and they were saying like you know there was a lot of like I guess complications in gaining, yeah. But the good thing that they have is that they're able to sustain it once they have it. I guess, yeah. Um, it's a science to it. I won't, yeah. you know, I'll, I'll tell you that because like I'm not gonna lie, for a vegetarian, like your weight is up, bro. Yeah. Or yeah, vegan. I'm, yeah, I'm yeah vegan, alkaline, etc. Yeah, I'm I'm two twenty five. I'm six two. Um, I can squat three fifty. I can bench three hundred. I mean, unless I'm going to war, I don't need any more than that. Yeah, and real. so that's how I look at it. <laughs> for real, no, that's you funny. know. So like, my idea is like, can you like, can you eat meat and build muscle? Yeah, of course, that, that's true. But I'm just saying, like, you don't have to eat meat. You still can. You can muscle. still have it. Yeah. You mentioned before how our body. Um, depending on what we consume, some of our organs don't work or they don't function properly anymore. So this has been my question since I was a kid. So I'm just giving okay. you this question. What happened to our appendix? Okay. Was that part of our consumption that has really stopped really being, you know, a use for our body? Yeah. I mean, because to my knowledge, and I could be wrong, but correct me, our appendix is really a pointless organ that we have. I don't believe that. Well, that's what I'm saying. You know, that's what I was taught in grade yeah, yeah, school. Because sure, sure. it doesn't do what we need it to do. It doesn't function. And a lot of people get inflamed appendix, appendixes, right? And they yeah. have to get them removed. Right. But my thing is, is this a direct correlation to what maybe our processed foods that we've been eating yes. so our body abandoned it? Yeah. So you, especially in the black and brown community, like when you see how affected we are by colorectal cancer, for instance, which is, you know, so like the colon oh, is where, colon cancer. Is where, yeah, is where the appendix comes off of. It's an appendage off of the colon. Okay. Uh, okay. Now, what's important is that the colon is also where you have all your good and your good bacteria too, your microbiome. Mm -hmm. Okay, that appendix in my opinion, and a lot of other people's opinion in holistic medicine is that it's also there to kind of put a secretion on some of the waste that is there to protect you as well. 
Okay. Now it's really important to understand. I'll tell you like what I learned and um, my traditional pathway to health versus what I know now. I get in a lot of arguments with traditional doctors because what will happen is they have a way of thinking that is linear. It's only one direction. So I'll give you an did a, I did a post and one, one of the things I said under the post is I'm like, black people are severely dehydrated. We just refuse to drink water. And we need more water than our counterparts. And so this could cause, be one of the causes of high blood pressure, where a doctor came on there and said, no, uh, that will actually cause low blood pressure. And then I had to explain to them, no, chronic dehydration over a course of time will cause the pituitary to excrete vasopressin, which will actually cause constriction and actually increase the blood pressure. Now, I'm giving you that example because, like, modern medicine doesn't have a complete understanding of how the body really works. Got it. Drugs work by manipulating biochemistry. Food and herbs work by correcting biochemistry because it is biochemistry. And so when you look at an appendix, the reason why so many of them are inflamed is because so many people's guts are inflamed. We're not eating real food. We're eating inflammatory foods, which is why so many people not only have inflamed uh, you know, uh, appendixes, but they also have inflamed bodies. Everywhere is inflamed. And all disease, to be honest with you, starts with inflammation. And inflammation starts with an irritation, then inflammation, and then inflammation causes tissue destruction. And tissue destruction leads to organ dis- dysfunction. And this uh, organ dysfunction leads to disease in the body. Wow. Uh, that's dope as fuck, because I believe, I believe a whole bunch of that. <laughs> and I'm learning, too, at the same time. So just understand, I'm just digesting. Yeah, yeah. Um, Something that you touched on, and um, I would love for you to expound if possible, right? Is there really a, because this is the first time that I've heard it in my life, was during COVID. Gotcha. Well, we had um, black people and white people saying that COVID affected one party more than the other. Okay. And so my question is, is there really, on, on, on a health standpoint, is there really a difference and how we need to treat our bodies um, based on whichever, you know, ethnicity. ethnicity you were born in. Okay. Yeah, I mean, just th- I'll give you one perfect example. Um, and it's a very novel example, but let's take, for instance, vitamin D. Most people, especially during COVID, didn't understand how the role of vitamin D in our immune system. But what we saw through the studies was that the people who had severe complications as a result of COVID, mm-hmm. the vast majority of them had vitamin D deficiency. And that makes sense because vitamin D is like the, the joystick to the immune system. So if you have a foreign invader, like a virus coming to the body, the vitamin D says immune system, go there, do this. Mm-hmm. Okay, now you go over there and do this. Without the joystick, they're there, but it doesn't know it's there. <laughs> yeah, You see what I'm saying? Around. So for instance, with, with uh, people of color, this melanin in our skin is actually developed as a form of reflecting some of the sunlight because the vast majority of us over hundreds of thousands of years was at the equator in Africa and at the equators in other parts of the world. So that's why we developed this skin tone that we have as a form of protection. Now we're in the Northern Hemisphere, okay? Anything above Atlanta, you're getting less, you're not getting enough sunlight, okay? Anything above that 
that long longitude, latitude. Okay. So with that being said, it's important for us to know as people of color, we have to get more sunlight than our white co- counterparts. So that's just one example how we're we're different. But even when you look at high blood pressure and you see how doctors treat African American patients versus how they treat uh, Caucasian pa- patients, a lot of the drugs are going to be different. A lot of times they're going to use amlodipine or Norvast with a with a African American patient, hmm. and they would tend to use more, more so like a beta blocker with Caucasian patients. Why is that? Well, like, does it is it? Do you think it's beneficial? I think it's twofold. I think a um, there's a lack of complete understanding one, and then I think also b we are just more unhealthier in our health practices as well. We tend to eat the unhealthiest foods because they put them in our neighborhoods. Like you're not going to see a, a Chick-fil-A in the best neighborhoods in New Jersey or New York. You're just never going to see it. Or a chicken shack. You see what I'm saying? You're never going <laughs> to see that. And people usually eat in proximity. You're not going to see a Whole Foods in Patterson, New Jersey, like yeah. certain parts, right? So what I'm saying, that because of that, the way that we're creating high blood pressure versus how they're creating high blood pressure is, is very different. Like, you know, like, this could be like stress related. Yeah, it could be stress related. It could be, it could be the fact that like, um, it could be congenital. I mean, it could be a lot of different things. But the way we're creating high blood pressure versus the way they do is sometimes different. My my question, I think I have, and a lot of other people have, because like for I said, like I said, I need to have a piece of steak. That's that's what I need. Okay. We all want to have a substitute. Because deep down inside, we know what we consume ain't the best. Right. <laughs> we know it's not the best option for us, but we love it. Right. But like, like for example, for men that love to drink beer, but they want to reduce the you know estrogen intake that they're having, right. what can they trade beer for? What can I trade a steak for? What can a woman trade makeup for? Because that's also producing too much estrogen too. Yeah. And then I also have another question too. All right, gotcha. How the hell do I fix my shower tap water from putting all of that into my pores. Gotcha, gotcha. So, substitute. So, I'll tell you, I used to like steak too, filet mignon. I remember when I graduated uh, pharmacy school, I said, my prize to myself is every Friday I'm going to get filet mignon. I used to do that. That's my guy right there. Uh, You know, but then one of the the things I noticed when I went plant-based like my girl finally told me, she was like, she actually didn't like that I lost the weight. She liked me bigger. Yeah. She was like, yo, the bedroom is different, so we'll keep it. <laughs> and that was the first time I was like, wait, what was the problem in the bedroom? <laughs> <laughs> and eating those type of things, like I said, decreases blood flow. So for me, my steak is now mushroom steak. So like using portobello steak. Oh. You know what I'm saying? Um, so that's my statement. Is there another one? Because I can't do portobello. Trust me, you gotta try it before you throw it out the window, bro. Just try it. Call me. I'll give you another substitute. All right. All right? So you. that's that's your steak substitute. Beer, I really don't have a <laughs> substitute. Like, Cut I, it out. I, yo, I, so <laughs> yo, some stuff like you just gotta remember that shit. Yeah, <laughs> it, ain't, it ain't even like a substitute for. <laughs> so like, I'll be honest with you, like, cause it's not it's it's not only not only the alcohol itself, but it's also like they use hops 
and hops is a, a herb, right? Mm. And that herb produces that estrogen. But the real issue is that it's not just the beer that's the issue. It's all of this other estrogen that we've been talking about that's compiling the issue as well. Yeah. And so I always tell people, it's like, then you got soy all over the place and you're using plastics all over the place. So it's really the compilation of those things. But I don't necessarily have yeah. uh, a substitute for beer. I'll be honest with you. I stopped drinking like seven years ago. And when I did stop drinking, like when I would be out and be social, I was like trying to figure out what I was going to put in my hand. And that's why I felt like uncomfortable. But when I got in that moment, you know what I said to myself? Like, you need to get comfortable. And then if you want to have a drink, then you have a drink. But don't make having a drink make you comfortable. And I just never went back to it because of that. Because I was like, damn, like, it's a vice. Like, I got to do this around other people. And people, you know, people make you feel uncomfortable. And I was like, you know, I'm going to get so so comfortable. And when I feel so comfortable, then you want to have a drink, you can have a drink. But I just never went back. Okay, so that's that. Um, chicken. All right, because people love chicken. But even chicken, yo. Oh, bro, don't do this to I me. I got to say it, though. Most people don't know, like, in the in the industry, most people know that they put hormones in chicken. You know that, right? Mm -hmm. Okay? It's not the hormone. It's not testosterone. Yeah. <laughs> it's not testosterone. No. So it's, <laughs> Wait, what the, kind of hormone is it? Well, you can imagine. Estrogen? It's to make you grow. Okay? When when women take oh, birth steroids. When women take birth control pills, does it make them thicker? I thought that was a myth. No, it's not. But it was me. No. <laughs> No, it's not. <laughs> Big up yourself, but no. <laughs> but they inject chicken with water, but that water has salt in it and it has phthalates. The salt is there to make the water retain because salt, wherever salt goes, water's going to stay there. Mm. Okay? The water's there to add weight. When you weigh the chicken, it weighs more, so they get to charge you more. The phthalates are there to preserve the chicken. Okay? And those phthalates are fake estrogen that run up the estrogen in your body. So for me, my chicken is like oyster, mush oyster mushrooms. I can with the mushrooms, bro. I'm sorry. You're a mushroom bro. guy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, So those are like, you know, and then I substitute out other healthy, like, fences. I don't eat a lot of rice. And I know I like, I don't know, all my Puerto Rican and Dominican brothers are like, yeah. Now you lost me. You should have had the rice I had two days ago. <laughs> but you know, like I I use quinoa instead. Quinoa's not bad. I could do quinoa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So a lot of substitutes that you can have because I think it's important to make those substitutes because like I'm not just substituting and getting a better product. I'm getting a healthier product too. And I'm getting a lot of protein. I'm getting a lot of the things I actually need. Whereas the white rice doesn't have anything in it. That's why it's white. Yeah. Mm. Now question on that too so let's say if i do substitute to like a portobello steak yeah um how impactful is the seasoning to make it taste the way i want it to taste like are our seasonings really like you know a comp a, a like a concoction of all these other like chemicals that we're talking about as well oh, you season with plants bro you can season with plants i mean basil oregano oh thyme. Uh, those are what real Ooh. real seasonings are. So when you start, <laughs> yeah, but to that's that's it. Wait, what other? I know thyme, uh, um, thyme, basil, oregano. Yeah. What other seasonings? Got parsley, cilantro, 
I mean, you can use a little bit of onion powder, which is really good. Okay, onion. I mean, it's just so many. Here's uh, the thing. Yeah. You don't like the steak because it's steak. You like the steak because of the season. Who? Trust me. Who? Eat, eat your steak with no, with no seasonings. I, I, I'm I would a, love it. Yo, let me tell you. I would love it. I would love for you to eat your steak with no seasonings, which are plants, which is saying that you like the plants, not the meat. Look, look, look. I want you to get a close-up on this. <laughs> See that thing? I like my steak. <laughs> you like your steak because of plants, bro. I'm not going to lie to you. We, I don't want to have this conversation on camera because it might <laughs> come off psychotic. But we'll talk. <laughs> I like my steak. <laughs> now, all right. Now, what about um, other intakes such as tap water that we're intaking, even if we're not drinking? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? So you can get a filter on the water coming into your home. So not the filter that's on the sink, which you can get, but you can literally filter the water that's coming in, all the water that's coming into the house. That's what I have at my house. So I have a filter, not only for the sinks, but I got a filter for the, 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 the water, the main line coming into the house. So that's a really great, great thing to do because now you're preventing a lot from happening. Now the water that you're bathing, bathing in is fine. You see what I'm saying? So that's one way to do it. Uh, I would also say um, another important thing is to buy as much as possible your drinking water, not in plastic, get it in glass bottles. I used to do that with Voss. Yeah. Not so good because it's purified water, not yeah, and natural that, spring water. And I don't like Voss. Yeah, for sure. That's why. Because it's essentially toilet water in a glass bottle. Ugh. It's purified. What about Fiji? I like Fiji water. Yeah, Fiji is good. Like from uh, Aquaphor. Aqua um, plastic bottle. It is. I mean, like, I don't expect everybody to be like perfect in their doing. Yeah, yeah. You see what I'm saying? Like, it's, I think perfect is unachievable. But what is, is doing your best. Gotcha. So if you can get water in a glass bottle, I would say like the Aquafana, the Mountain Valley spring water. Those are in glass bottles. Get that water. Okay, now what about last one that we had on the list? Um, and I don't know if you know because you're kind of a guy. Come on, man. <laughs> nah, you're you're a guy for sure. Yeah. But when it comes to makeup, right? So um, you did touch on how some of the makeup increases estrogen. Yeah, correct? yeah, yeah. And is there another alternative? Some women just don't want to be all natural. Yeah. For whatever reason. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with that. You know, so is there an alternative that you know about um, that you can share for ladies who are looking to still, you know, kind of have the best of both worlds? Yeah, well, we'll, we'll say I need to do better with that in terms of brands because I know that there are definitely some black brands out there that have uh, makeup that are made from natural ingredients. Mm. But uh, that's what I would encourage. Uh, find companies out there that have natural ingredients no phthalates, okay? Phthalates is spelled with a P-T-H. Um, no parabens. So when you're looking at the ingredients, make sure they don't have those two because on average, uh, women over the course of a year, and I would say even more so now because women wear, wear like way more makeup now, uh, they consume, that makeup adds about 10 pounds, 10 pounds of toxins to their body. And your face absorbs everything. Like this is one of the most absorbable places on your body. Makeup adds about ten pounds of toxins over in course, your body over the course of a year. Holy 
hell. Yeah. And they be talking about they got this WAP. It's really toxic. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm just, you know, well, that's because it's got to come out somehow. That's part of like why infertility is so high right now. Mm. Again, like a lot of people aren't having these conversations, but because you know, when somebody is trying to have a baby and they can't, and they tried the medical route and it didn't work, and now it's me. I get to have those conversations and so many people are having so many issues around this. They can't point to why. Uh, the doctors can't explain to them why. But when you start to see, think about the amount of toxins people are adding through their food, they're adding through their makeup, the air, um, you know, the water that's coming into the house, the flame retardant system, um, you know, furniture. You start to compound all these things. What people don't realize is that they test these chemicals, but they test them over a course of six weeks. They don't test them over the course of years, which is what's happening because you're adding them to your body every day. Yeah. And they don't test, they test them individually. They don't test all of them together. All of these co compounds coming in for everywhere. And they don't test the bioaccumulation of these to toxins as they're accumulating in your body. So I have a 14-day and a 28-day detox, and that's the absolute best way to, because herbs were made for the healing of the body. I know you've heard that before, right? And they're made for healing, okay? To heal the body once it's unhealed, okay? And the reason why it works that way is because, as I told you before, the body is designed to heal itself. But what happens is it becomes so toxic, it can't do the work. So that's why herbs are made to do that. So that's one of the primary ways you can do it. But the other way is to make sure that you have a very healthy diet and lifestyle, okay? I'm using both of them because... You can't just eat healthy and then think unhealthy. You see what I'm saying? And not be active. So you have to have a healthy diet and a healthy lifestyle. And that's going to help you cleanse the body. But I'll tell you, you know, like what I've seen with a lot of people who are even like vegan or plant-based, they get a lot of health uh, by going plant-based. And then once they start detoxing and getting these toxins out of the body, because we're talking about, not only the things I talk about, we're talking about heavy metal. Yeah. You know, cadmium, lead, um, mercury. Uh, and a lot of people have those fillings in their mouth. That mercury is coming out into the body. You understand? And it does not come out with just food. I got a whole bond. You got to get it out. And so, like, that's why I tell people is, like, you know, like, these things have a cumulative effect. But herbs are literally designed. Just start looking up herbs wait, and wait. you'll see they pull toxins and heavy metals out of the body. So for those that are, you know, let's just say, um, for those who have feelings or yeah. bonds, like I have a bond, a bond on my tooth right yeah. now. Um, is there an alternative for that? Yes. you Without need pulling tooth out? No, you need to go to a holistic dentist, okay? okay? And you need to have them substitute out that mercury filling for a composite resin which is more of a natural resin that they put in there. It's going to be white, just like your tooth. But you need to have a holistic dentist do it because they do a certain technique that prevents you, A, from swallowing any of the mercury that comes out, but also while they're drilling, a lot of those fumes while they're drilling are coming out into the body too. And so they have a technique to make sure none of that happens. Bro, that, you just saved my life. Yeah, for sure. And a lot of mercury leads to a lot of headaches, 
It leads to a lot of gut issues. It leads to a lot of depression, anxiety, and people could be going through a lot of this and your doctor will never test you for heavy metal mm -hmm. and you will never know and you will be on Prozac or Celexa or something like that trying to cure your, your depression or your anxiety. You'll never be able to resolve it because the issue is the mercury. So it's always, you have to go to the cause to get the cure. You know, so, and I think a lot of people, uh, we could touch on this um, briefly too. A lot of people think because they're um, perspectively fit, like, or, or, Cos or cosmetically, cosmetically fit. fit, exactly. Like, you look fit, you think you're really healthy. Mm -hmm. And I remember, like, back when I was doing modeling, I used to get meal preps all the time. And um, I used to always get salmon. And by, I would say, three or four weeks of consistently having salmon, because it yeah. became like a thing that I needed. Yeah. I was having heartburn, chest pains. I know why. And it was like, was it the mercury? No? It, it could be the mercury, because most fish does have mercury in it. Mm -hmm. But it's also, you're going to kill me about this, but salmon also is filled with parasites. I want everybody to do this. You do this quick Google search. Bears with parasites and then put the word salmon, okay? And you will see bears. I learned this when I went to uh, I went to Seattle and then I went up to Vancouver and you could see the bears like walking to collect the, to get the, the salmon out of the river. Mm -hmm. And this bear is walking and you can see this like white string hang, hanging out of the bear. So I asked the guy, what is that? Wow, I see it. And uh, he was like, oh, that's a tapeworm. I was like, well, how, oh my where did they God. get this tapeworm from? He was like, oh, they get it from the salmon. Well, where did the salmon get it from? Well, what happens is these, the salmon actually lay their eggs into the river, and then this parasite comes and infuses itself into the egg, and then the bear eats the eggs and eats the, the, the salmon, and that's how they end up with that parasite that is literally hanging out of their butt that could be up to 35 feet. That's wild. You know what? I actually watched a video where there's parasites and bees, a wasp, and they were pulling it out the head. And yeah. it was longer than their body or like the same size. Yeah. And controlling the bee. Yep. And controlling the bee. And, they... and it does that with us too. Like with our, with our cravings. Yeah. Like the reason why we have that sweet tooth at night. Like Coca-Cola. Yes. It's because the freaks come out at night. The parasites wake up at night. They're hungry. They they incentivize you. They tell you you want something sweet. Yeah, I need to do your cleanse. Um, so before we actually sign out, let's actually touch upon the fruit box. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> because um, for those that do know, I already said this before, I did get my first fruit box about a week ago or so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, it was really dope. I think just the whole experience of it, of having a bunch of fruit that you really don't know, right? Like they're all new tasting. It's, it's almost like uh, Forrest Gump said, like life's like a box of chocolates, yeah. except for it's a box of fruits, yeah. right? <laughs> and it's like a whole bunch of different fruits that I'm Googling. I'm actually YouTubing. I'm like, how do I cut this one? Right. You know, I don't even know. So, you know, tell them about the fruit, um, you know, where they can get it. Yeah. You know, what's your favorite fruit? And, yeah. and, and I learned that mine was dragon fruit. <laughs> so um, uh, a few years ago, my idea once I moved back to the States was I cannot eat this food. That's what I learned because as soon as I started eating American food again, and I'm talking about plant-based American food, 
I felt different. And so at, at that point, I said, I got to own a farm one day. And so the idea was, I love fruit. 60% of what I eat is fruit. Okay. So, and I don't eat regular fruit. Like the, you would go into the store to get. So I want Strawberry. tropical <laughs> fruit. You know what I'm saying? Like sarasap, uh, different varieties of mango, uh, sapodilla, um, black sapote, um, lychee, longan, and the list goes on and on. June plum. All of these fruits you will probably find in the Caribbean or some tropical region. So uh, bought a farm in Miami, started a company called iHeart Fruit Box. And um, now we ship all of those fruits uh, all around the continental U.S. and including Alaska and also Canada. You literally can order a, a fruit box today and get it in Canada in like two or three days. So yeah. it's just a way to, A, provide food security to our community uh, so they can get real fruit that is seeded, okay? Because how many fruits out there you see that don't have seeds anymore? Too many. And And the thing is, the very definition of a fruit is the presence of a seed. So if it doesn't have the seed, then what is it? Okay. Made. Yep. And then uh, seasonal, only get seasonal. So whatever's in season right now, that's what you get. Because mm. otherwise you have to hybridize it. Like a tomato, you know, like they essentially took the DNA of a tomato and spliced it with the Arctic flounder, which is a fish that can live in sub-zero temperatures and water. And that's how you can now grow tomato in the winter. Okay. So getting original food is very important to the equation. So yeah, that's what we do at iHeart Fruit. You box. gave me a tomato in my fruit box. No, that was a tree tomato, which is different. Oh, I see. <laughs> <laughs> and there are there are natural tomatoes. I'm yeah, just yeah. saying when you go and buy a conventional one. Yeah, yeah. And no, I definitely, I definitely knew it was a natural tomato because right. I was like, is this a tomato or not? Yeah, yeah. And I bit it. I was like, oh, this is a tomato. <laughs> But I ate it because I trust you. Yeah, yeah, you for know? sure, man. Like, that's what it's about. Uh, man, I, I want to build something not only for me and my security, but for the community too, bro. Listen, man, and everybody knows I've been going crazy that a man is defined by being a community asset. So yeah. I definitely want to say I identify you as that. I appreciate you. You have been probably one of the most informative pieces that I think I have sat next to. So I am Shake definitely up, appreciative for your presence and your knowledge and your wisdom. And, um, you know, I wish you nothing but the best. Hey, listen, guys, you can go ahead and subscribe to us and get a date box to try to help your relationship out. Keep liking, support, supporting, and subscribing. Go ahead and get an iHeart Fruit Box. That's at iHeart Fruit Box. Listen, he's going to be able to do the closeout, but I'm just co-signing it because I got my own. But before we sign off, go ahead and tell them where they can find you at yeah. and tell them anything you got going on. Um, yeah. 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 So um, to everybody, I just want to say, like, take care of your health. man. You are your greatest asset. And um, the highest version of you is the healthiest version of you. And so start investing in your health the same way you invest in homes, cars, Gucci belts, et cetera. You deserve that care, too, the same way you give to your car. Uh, I'd love to be your guide on that journey. My name is Dr. Bobby Price. You can find me on Instagram as Dr. Holistic, D-O-C-T-O-R, Holistic, and uh, on YouTube uh, as Dr. Bobby Price. And my, my website is drbobbyprice.com, and I'll see you there. <laughs> yeah, so my book, is uh, Education Over Medication, is not only on Amazon with over 1,400 five-star reviews, but also on my website where you can get a signed copy.
All right, guys, we'll see you next time here at Idiot Table.